Um, so we're delighted to have Jan to bring us our reading from Luke. Um, Jan's so willing always to step in and help wherever she's needed. Such a blessing. So enjoy this reading. I'm not sure I'm a blessing, but I was assured that there weren't um, any difficult words in this and it wasn't too long. So. <laughs> so this morning's gospel reading is taken from Luke chapter 14, verses 7 to 24. Jesus at the Pharisee's house. When he noticed how the guests picked up places of honour at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honour, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat, then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you'll be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then Jesus said to his host, when you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbours. If you do, they may invite you back and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The parable of the great banquet. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast of the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I've just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the, the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Then the master told his servant, go out into the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who was invited will get a taste of my banquet. Here endeth the reading. Thank you, Jan. Aidan, as I said, can't be with us today in person, but he has prepared his sermon and recorded it, so we're going to be able to watch that now as he brings us this next in our parable series over the summer. This one's called Kingdom Invitation. 
Good morning, Christchurch. Uh, let me start by adding my welcome to you this morning, especially if you're new or haven't been for a while. Uh, if I haven't met you, either virtually or physically, uh, my name is Aidan and I'm the curate here at Christchurch. Uh, as you can see, I'm obviously at home. Uh, we're isolating. We got pinged by track and trace um, after a family member tested positive. I know actually we're not alone in this. So many people uh, in our church community alone uh, but certainly in a wider community are having to isolate at the moment uh, for various reasons. So please do uh, keep remembering people in their prayers, keep looking out for people. Thank you so much for the prayers and the help that we've received uh, even in these few days. So uh, yeah, do that. Before we do anything else, shall we pray together? Father God, thank you so much for this chance to gather however we are this morning, be it virtually watching from home or in person in church. Lord, I pray that as we gather around your table this morning, we gather around your banquet feast, we would be reminded again of the wonderful invitation that we have in the gospel. An invitation that is for us and is also for us to share with others. Reveal your love to us again this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this morning we're going to be continuing our series that we have on Jesus's parables uh, and looking at how these parables tell us what the kingdom of God is like. Or more importantly, how they tell us what kingdom living is like. What does it look like to live as citizens of God's kingdom, perfect and wonderful kingdom, as we live in a world that is not perfect and is not God's kingdom? Perhaps unsurprisingly, this was a question we looked at quite a lot when I was at Bible college uh, training for ordination. Uh, not just because it's a lot in the Bible, but because actually it was our specific vision as a college. The vision statement was uh, live like the kingdom is near, taken from Jesus's words where he says, repent and see that the kingdom of God is near or close at hand. So we were asking the question again and again, what does it look like to live like the kingdom is near uh, in ministry, in family life, in church life, in work life? Perhaps what does it look like to live like the kingdom is near in our prayers to know that God's kingdom is close at hand? What does it mean to live our lives Monday to Sunday like God's kingdom is near? And as I said, that's what we've been doing in our parable series. Uh, and Kathy and I have actually been away for a couple of weeks, a couple of Sundays, missed them. Uh, so I caught up listening to Nigel and Peter's sermons, uh, listening on our podcast. Uh, and I do recommend that's a great way to catch up. Uh, if ever you miss sermons or you want to re-listen to them again every week, uh, they get put onto our website or if, and you can find it on the homepage. Uh, or if you have a podcast app, just search Christchurch Downend or Learning to Live the Life, which is the name of the podcast, and you should be able to find it. Anyway, two weeks ago, I know Nigel was here and he spoke about the parable of the mustard seed and the parable of the yeast in the dough. And he spoke about how the kingdom of God appears in the most unlikely of places. The kingdom of God appears, uh, at least in the world's eyes, in the lives of those who are most unlikely to accept it and see it. 
Then last week, Peter spoke on the really famous parable of the, the wise man building his house upon the rock. And, and as Christians, we are to, to build our lives on the firm foundations that is God's love for us. And, and God's kingdom becomes our very central foundations. Jesus is the rock of our salvation. And I'll come back to both of these thoughts as we go through uh, and as we think about the parables from Luke 14. Uh, and I say parables because originally we were just going to have one parable, the parable of the great banquet. Uh, but actually, as I was preparing this morning, I realised the parable just before it kind of fits within the same block of teaching. It's said to the same people and kind of helps make sense of the whole thing together. So as we do think about these, I want us to see that the, uh, through these parables, there is on the one hand a warning, a warning uh uh, but on the other hand, there is an invitation. Uh, Jesus' parables, when, or Jesus' teaching, often when he says a challenge, he also brings an invitation or an encouragement. And uh, I think we definitely have that this morning. So first of all, thinking about the challenge. Uh, as I believe Nigel said at the, uh, the, in the first week, um, the parables are sometimes quite hard to understand. They, taught, they were said by Jesus in a world that's quite different to our own, using imagery that's quite different to stuff we might understand today. Uh, but one of the best first steps, if ever we're going to try and understand the parables, is to ask, well, who was Jesus speaking to? Because he said some parables to his disciples, some parables to wider uh, listeners, people, the crowds. Uh, but this parable was said, as it says in Luke 14, verse 1, it says he, he was sat eating in the house of a prominent Pharisee uh, whilst he was carefully being watched. So Jesus was speaking to Pharisees. And more than that, he was speaking to prominent Pharisees who were the religious leaders of their time. They had influence. They had probably had some power in their world, in society. They would have been the most comfortable people with their lives, comfortable in their faith. Uh, and they were the people who, in the eyes of the world, were most likely to be acceptable to God. So with that in mind, how do these parables read? How would the Pharisees have heard them? Well, the first mini parable is about a place of honour at a wedding feast. The important Pharisees would have expected to be sat at the head of the table or the equivalent most important place, most honourable position on the table. But Jesus challenges this assumption, encouraging them again to instead to sit at the least important place on the table, the, mo the least honourable position, honouring others above themselves. Now, if we remember that Jesus' parables tell us stuff about the kingdom of God, we have to conclude that this tells us something about the kingdom and Jesus's final words are say all that those who exalt themselves will be humbled and all those who humble themselves will be exalted. God's kingdom is for the humble, the meek, those whose society perhaps undervalues. Now, if the challenge wasn't obvious to the, the Pharisees there in how they should live their lives, the second uh, parable really brings it home, the parable of the great banquet. Jesus describes a scenario where someone was hosting this massive banquet, a party you definitely want to be at. Be at. You don't want to miss out on this. But those who are invited, they're a bit like, mm, not really bothered. 
you know, one said, nah, yeah, you're right. I, I've just got this field. Uh, and I'm quite busy looking after the field. So you go on. I don't really mind if I miss out. Another said, oh, I've just got five yoke of oxen or 10 cows in our language. Uh, yeah, I'm rich enough to afford those 10 cows, actually. And I've got a lot of work to do. And uh, I, I'm going to go spend my time checking that they're all right and working uh, in the field hard and uh, earning me some uh, some money. And then you have a third person who says, oh, I'd love to come, but you know, I've just got married and I'd much rather spend time with them than spend time with you. So oh, I don't really want to come to the banquet. So the warning that Jesus presents is this. Don't take our citizenship in the kingdom of God for granted. Or don't, as it says later in the New Testament, be lukewarm about our faith. These people are very lukewarm about this invitation. They kind of make their excuses. I don't think it's a coincidence that Jesus is telling this and bringing this challenge to comfortable and probably more wealthy people who are quite happy with the lives they're living and they could take or leave attending the banquet. I don't know about you, but I, this speaks a challenge to me and in my life. You know, I've been a Christian now for about 15 years uh, and, and whereas at times in my life I've been on fire for God and I've been trying to do everything I can uh, to share the love of Jesus with other people, actually sometimes it just feels like I'm going through the motions. You know, it just slips or I feel like I'm like drifting along, going uh, going along with things, not really that bothered. I'd be surprised if all of us at times don't feel some time in our lives when we perhaps drift along with the way things are going. We might prioritise this or that over uh, our relationship with God. We, you know, we might not own oxen, uh, we might not own fields, but, but we probably have careers or hobbies that we might just sometimes put above uh, prioritising time with God. We may, may place tasks over things like going to home group or coming to church or praying with people or praying in general. Now, of course, at times we all have to prioritise family and, and relationships and, and, and spend time with uh, loved ones. And, and that's really important. But there, but there are times I think where I know I have the temptation to prioritise family stuff over God. And I, I wonder if there's instead a, a, a flip side. How can we bring our family and our family time and invite God into that space? How can we bring our family to the banquet? The problem is, and, and the big warning, I think, from the, for us this morning, is that I don't know many people who lose their faith like that. I don't know many people. I, you sometimes hear and see people who, who maybe leave church quite suddenly because something happens. But rarely does faith completely evaporate in an instant. More often, I do see people kind of drifting, drifting along with things, going through the motions. Maybe they get to the points where they prioritise something over attending a certain church event or or listening to a certain sermon or or maybe their prayer life just slips and drifts out of importance. And suddenly they kind of drift away from God and and it's a much more gradual process. And sadly, we do see times where people drift and drift and drift and they drift to the point where they don't come back. They don't come back to God entirely. Don't take your citizenship 
in God's kingdom for granted. As Peter says, uh, as Peter said, sorry, last week, uh, we have to build our lives on the firm foundations of God's love and centre our lives on it. Prioritise our faith, be intentional about our faith. So that's the warning. That is the warning that comes on one hand. But on the other, as I said, there comes an encouragement and an invitation. Because as well as warning the Pharisees, Jesus issues them with an invitation. And God invites us into relationship with him. And he invites us again and again to an ever-growing and deepening relationship with him. Because the parable continues with Jesus saying that whereas there were those who were not bothered uh, with the great banquet, Actually, the master sent out the invites far and wide. First of all, the invites go to the crippled, the blind, the lame, uh, which is a common theme in the Gospel of Luke, especially that the kingdom of God is for those most downtrodden and oppressed by society. Now, as Nigel spoke about last in the first week on our series, the, the kingdom of God appears in the most unlikely of places. Uh, much like the mustard seed is a very small, insignificant thing. Actually, God's invitation is for those who seem small and insignificant in the world's eyes. And he gives value to those who have been undervalued. Actually, on this, sometimes I read the Gospels and, uh, and I wonder, you know, if I as a middle class... Uh, fairly uh, privileged and in the world's, you know, thinking globally, fairly well-off uh, person, you know, is there space for me in God's kingdom? Well, yes, there is. <laughs> uh, and we know this. Firstly, Jesus was saying this, uh, this parable, telling it in the context of whilst he's having dinner with Pharisees. He is at the table eating food with the Pharisees and Jesus, yeah, he challenges them. He challenges them perhaps to their very core, their lifestyles. Uh, he's challenging them, but he never excludes the rich and the powerful. But secondly, and perhaps more importantly, the parable doesn't stop uh, with those first wave of invites. The parable concludes with the servants telling the master that there's still space. Uh, and so the master says, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. So the invitation that God brings is firstly to those who are mistreated by society. But then there is an invitation to all, to Jew, to Gentile, rich and poor. There is an invitation here this morning for us. There is space for us at God's table. We are invited to his banquet, invited into relationship with him. And this is a banquet we're invited to is life. This banquet is life and it's life in all its fullness. So, yes, in this parable, we have a warning. We have a warning not to take our citizenship in God's kingdom for granted, to not drift, to not be lukewarm. But at the same time, there is an invitation, an invitation to God's table to live like the kingdom of God is near in our lives, to live life in all its fullness now and forever, to not be lukewarm, but instead be red hot uh, in our faith. 
So how do we respond? What practically do we do? How can we practically accept this invitation and live like the kingdom is near? Well, if those warnings or invitations spoke to you this morning, then then rest a while in that. You know, in a moment, although I'm going to be uh, watching the service with you virtually, actually, uh, spiritually and physically, we're going to be sharing communion together. We're going to be having the meal together. And I can't think of a better way uh, for us to accept again that invitation to relationship with God, accept that relationship at his table this morning. And certainly this this attitude is something we can take with us uh, beyond this morning. Uh, and I'd hope we would do. But but as I finish, I also want us to think about how we can invite others to this as well. Because actually, as we go from this place to our front lines, where we mix with people who aren't Christian, be it friends, colleagues, neighbours, uh, family members, perhaps people who don't know Jesus. I wonder what we can learn from the servants in this parable. Because the servants are there. They know their place. They are already in the kingdom. They are already in relationship with the master. Uh, they know their place. They are at the, at the banquet. And yet they, they are to go out and invite others to come in. First, they go to the lame, the crippled and the poor. The downtrodden and the oppressed. But then they go to the roads and the country lanes far and wide. And it says this, the master tells them to to invite and compel others to come in. Not only just to, to put the invitation out there, but to convince them that actually this banquet is worth attending. Living like the kingdom of God is near means living lives of invitation. Inviting others into this incredible relationship with God, this incredible banquet feast with God. And just imagine now, what would it be like if we live like that? If we live lives that through our words and our actions invited others to the Lord's table? I don't know about you, but I think in the last year, I've kind of got out of the habit of inviting people to, to anything really, uh, let alone faith. You know, we haven't invited people to our, our houses for so long because we haven't been allowed to. Um, but also, I think, you know, I don't know about others, but I, I've certainly got into a mindset where we, we focus on our own priorities, our own survival, our own uh, kind of needs, and we get very introspective. And rather than living uh, external, invitational lives for the other I think often I'm, I'm tempted to focus on my own needs so as I finish just imagine what would it be like if we were to live more invitational lives what would it look like if we were inviting people to God's kingdom God's banquet how can we live like the kingdom of God is near and how can we let that affect our interactions with others Maybe just personally and when we talk to people, maybe when we speak to others online and how we use our online presence on social media, perhaps. More than inviting people, more than that, what does compelling invitation look like? And that's probably a question for another day, uh, maybe a sermon for another day. But but let's start by being a church that takes our faith seriously, not just drifting accepting the invitation of God to come and eat with him at his banquet table 
and then looking out and asking who can we invite to join in? Who can we extend an invitation to? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your love. Thank you so much for your banquet table that we, as we put our faith in you, Lord Jesus, you heal and restore us and strengthen us and build us up into an eternal, perfect relationship with you. Thank you for how good your banquet table is, that we can taste and see that you are good. And Lord Jesus, we just pray that we would prioritise you in our lives. We prioritise our faith. We wouldn't drift. But instead we would be people and a church that is inviting others to this wonderful banquet feast. Lord, we think of those close to us, those on our front lines, people we know. Help us to know the words to say, the things to do that might compel them to come in and then come in and experience your banquet, Lord Jesus. We ask this all in your wonderful name. Amen. Amen. God bless.